Welcome back to Marriage Monday. This is our podcast where we endeavor to help marriage uh, get built one Monday at a time. And today, um, we brought on some very personal friends, people that we know and love. We love Kristen and Chad Cottingham. They are uh, the head of Kalamazoo Marriage Resource. Um, God has been doing some great things in and through them. And so I just want to just introduce them and uh, let them kind of uh, give you the breakdown of what is the Kalamazoo Marriage Resource. So Chad and Kristen, thanks for joining with me. Um, talk to me about Kalamazoo Marriage Resource. What do you do here in our city and how is how have you guys been utilized to bless marriages? Uh, first of all, Dave, thanks for having us. Uh, we are excited to, to talk to you about this, talk about Kelman's Marriage Resource, what's going on, and, and then our book. So we're excited. So thanks, Dave. Yeah. Um, we appreciate that. Kristen, why don't you share about Kelman's Marriage Resource? So Kelman's Marriage Resource, we are all about helping build life's most important relationship, marriage. And we know from experience, we've been married for 30 years, that um marriage is full of the highs and lows and you yeah. can't get much more extreme of those in, <laughs> than in marriage. So um, we, we're more focused on the building end of marriage and helping couples just get uh, tools and spend time together. Yeah. Um, and in that sense, what we do is we have um, a series of events, date nights throughout the year that we just give couples time to spend together, have fun, play together because, you know, let's be honest, our culture, we're just so busy. And sometimes our marriage is the one thing that gets, you know, put on the back burner. So we like to give couples opportunity to spend time together through our date nights, through our fun activities. um, And then just the tools too, through our class or our workshops and classes that, um, you know, just give couples the tools that they can use to help build a healthy marriage. I, I love that. Uh, because there's two full things taking place is a you get tools. Uh, once I do a lot of premarital counseling and I love giving tools, um, but let's be real, those those tools don't get realized until after they get married and then now racking their brain with what did the premarital counselor tell us about? And you yes. guys are hitting them right in the middle of the jungle of everything. Mm-hmm. We're giving people to us. I love that. And the other side is something that I think that you guys have hit a sweet spot with couples. It's helping them to have fun together because I believe that couples that uh, have fun together stay together. Couples mm-hmm. that truly know how to enjoy because what won your heart keeps your heart. What you dated, you did fun stuff. And then for some reason, people get married and they stop doing those things. And couples, if they, if they remember what won your heart will keep your heart, that will actually carry throughout the entirety of the marriage. And so I think that's tremendous. I get a little nervous when you do an ax throwing with couples and uh, wondering <laughs> how that's going to go. Uh, if you're going to ask, uh, someone's going to ask, uh, would you hold up this target while I throw? So it may be some good uh, therapy, but I, I love the fact that you guys have just, you looked at not just a city, but an area and you've taken ownership of it. I mean, this is a city that I pastor in. This is a city that I love. And, and you guys have just taken ownership over that. And so I celebrate that. And I love that you guys are that type of gift to the couples in this community. Um, you guys just literally just had a book come out. We're talking about a few weeks. And so it's brand new. It's right here next to me. It's called An Intentional Marriage. And, and again, it's about giving tools. You have an actual tool to put in somebody's hand that you had investment in. So talk to me about the heart of the book itself and even some of the motivations behind why you wrote this book. 
Well, I'll jump into that one. So basically at, like I said, 30 years of marriage, um, we've kind of experienced all the highs and all the lows and really, um, kind of started to think about what, how can we just share our wisdom? How can we, um, Mm -hmm encourage other couples and a, let them know they're not alone, but also give them some practicality, some, um, some intentional action steps for lack of better words to put into their everyday lives. Mm -hmm. And so we kind of actually, God just dropped this idea into Chad's mind one day. He was, he said, you know what? Yeah, go ahead. (laughs) So, um, yeah, we really, we've always loved marriage, jumped into marriage, but about six years ago, we felt God really calling. Mm. And so as we began that process of, of through KMR, we began our own conversations of what more could we give them besides the date nights and classes? What is really it? And so we talked and prayed and talked and prayed. And we were driving one day up to Grand Rapids, mm-hmm. I think maybe to see uh, Kristen's family. And I felt like the Holy Spirit just dropped it on me. He said, wedding vows yeah your marriage vow and and i turned to Kristen. and i said what about the vows and she's like oh my gosh <laughs> that that's it and so that began the process of talking about which vows which vows do we use and, and what do they mean and how can we make them practical for everyday life and everyday marriage yeah. because we are to have in the hold for better what do those mean and not only what do those mean but what are some action steps that we can do on a daily weekly basis mm. to make sure we're doing those things and so that began the work and the time and it was uh literally five years in the making um because we actually wrote and put the material in the book together for marriage retreats mm-hmm. for churches where we would go. So we started really backwards. Most people write a book and then they'll go to retreat <laughs> and speak about it. We wrote retreat material and then like, we should turn this into, into a book format. Absolutely. So that's what Chris ran and did. Absolutely. So in, in fact, the, so the vows, if, if I can just kind of recap those real quick. So mm-hmm. uh, we took the five most common wedding vows to have and to hold for better, for worse, for richer, for poor, to love and to cherish until death do us part. And I really started digging into scripture. And then again, using our own experiences and just prayed about what do these really mean? Because mm-hmm. we stand at the altar and we recite these vows, but you know, once the last candle's blown out and the guests leave the wedding reception, you know, how much thought do we put into these wedding vows when really they have the potential to, to truly build up. This is the foundation to build a healthy marriage upon. And so like you were just saying earlier about, um, our date nights and, um, having fun together, that's actually our first, um, action step and intentional action step is play together. Yeah, because to, falls under heaven to have and to hold is all about that strengthening that friendship, that friendship that you, you know, began with at the beginning of your marriage, that really becomes the foundation to just, you know, build upon throughout our marriage. Because if you're not having fun together, what's the point? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's for not real. That all about fun, but you have to enjoy each other's company. And so it's, we have to be intentional about having fun playing together and, um, you know, just doing those fun things that we did at the beginning of our relationship will sustain us. I love that you've given us, uh, this is where my sports metaphors come into play. My, our play, our playbook, uh, we, we do so much work to put a wedding on and then we take a breath 
And I, I, told, I tell people when I show up to the funeral, to, to the funerals, to the weddings, I say, I'm wearing my funeral suit. It's, that's, not a, that's not a Freudian slip. I said, I'm wearing my funeral suit. I said, I, I marry and bury people in the suit. I said, but the reality is the wedding is a funeral. It is, it is the, the end of two lives, so to speak, and the start of one life. And that's where the true work begins. And I love that you are taking something that anybody who's anybody knows about weddings, knows about marriages. And we know what we, what we have as the basic vows that so many of us pastors utilize, but we utilize them, we get married, and then we forget about them. And you're giving us a playbook to work with now that just takes them and tries to get them deep down in our soul. Uh, I, I see the book as something that's helping us to get some roots to those vows. That vow becomes a commitment. It is a covenant before God, covenant before man. But it also now, you're now giving us something to actually get some roots down so that uh, the reason why some of us don't have the fruit in marriage, the growth in marriage, is just because we don't have good root systems. And I feel like you've given us a tool to get good roots. Um, let, let, me, let me ask you both this. Um, is there a particular chapter that is your favorite or a vow that is your favorite that maybe you lean towards? So both of you answer. So I thought, I wonder if there's a, a specific one that you really, I don't know, that's, there's just something about that chapter that is you or that you've really leaned into. Boy, that's a tough question, Dave. That's like asking, um, do you have a favorite child? You know, it's kind of like a trick question. Um, and I'm going to have to say for me, I really don't because you know what? At different points in our marriage and in my life too, it hits differently. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like each one, I might be at this place. I might be in a difficult circumstance, which is about for better, for worse. And so I'm drawn to that. Or we might be out having fun. So I'm drawn to the play together. Um, so I really I would don't. say, Kristen, that's a good political answer. <laughs> that's a great yeah, political answer. answer. <laughs> Not answer. Um, I will, speaking for me, I honestly like the fourth section on um, cherish, mm. uh, to love and to cherish, because we really get into what cherish means, because we all know what love is. But it's that next level of cherishing our spouse. And I really like that because we really talk a lot, and even when we do our retreats and clinics, about how so many things get in the way and steal our time from mm -hmm. our cell phones, our jobs, our kids. And when we cherish our spouse, we're putting them first. Now we can play together and we can do all these other things. And that really resonates with me. Is is how important that is to cherish our wives, uh, our husbands. Um, so that's my favorite section um, to answer your question. I, I love it. I love that because even for the both of you, and I think that's the perfect illustration, the both of you, you you've obviously read the book, you re wrote the book, but the book is taking you both into two different directions because in this season, it's where Chad's like, I, the cherished thing is really hitting me, which I think is very instrumental for our time. And you brought up things like the technology in our hands. There's so much vying for our attention that many times that we can be present with our spouse, but not cherish them or let them feel that they're being cherished. And then Kristen, you looked at it and recognized that, different seasons of life kind of draw you toward different chapters and different yeah. things. Um, there's a book that I just finished reading called Emotionally Healthy Discipleship. And there is a, an assessment in there that helps kind of look at where you are, are strong in your discipleship and maybe areas where you need to grow more. And I remember reading it a year later, retaking the assessment, realizing at a different season a year later, the thing that I thought I was strongest in, I was actually, I needed the most growth. 
And I, that's, again, that's where I love the diversity of the chapters because they can meet people in those different seasons. And there are going to be, like any book, chapters that really hit us hard. And that's why I love marriage books is because I think marriage books, they stay on my shelf, not because I want people to see what I've read. I like rereading books because they they meet us in places and and the cherished chapters will jump out a little bit more. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, having a hold will jump out a little bit more. Go ahead. I agree. No, and I like what you mentioned about, um, and I guess this is partly Chad's educational background too. And um, my practical mind, I guess, I don't tell me what to do if you're not going to tell me how to do it. You know, oh, it's so if, good. Chad, like I said, was in education for 20 some years. And so he really knows um, effective teaching styles. And, and so that's one thing that he brought to the table is he's like, we need to make this practical and so um, applicable and, you know, basically easy too, so that every day we can say, okay, are, are we hitting these intentional action steps, which I'll just give you a little recap real quick. What um, to have and to hold is all about strengthening friendship. And that action step is to play together Mm -hmm. date nights, fun things Um, for better, for worse, growing through circumstances um, and not just going through circumstances. Mm -hmm. And that action step is pray together because, you know, differences and, and difficult circumstances can have the potential to drive us apart. But when we pray together, we're brought back together. And then, um, for, or for richer, for poorer is, you know, money, a uniting rather than fighting over yeah. money. And that action step is to plan together mm-hmm. and then to love and to cherish deepening intimacy. And that action step is to pursue God together because mm-hmm. so often the missing link to an intimate relationship is that spiritual connection. Yeah. And so when we're pursuing God together, not just individually, but together as a couple, whether that's you know, reading a marriage book or, you know, talking Mm -hmm. about the Sunday sermon Mm -hmm. or doing a devotion together Mm -hmm. that really deepens our sense of intimacy as a couple. And then, um, uh, till death do us part is all about maintaining commitment. And that action step is to press on together, find a community of like-minded people that are going to encourage you in your marriage and not, you know, sit around with your friends at coffee and they're like, ah, you need to leave him. He's a jerk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we, yeah. we need couples in our lives to build our marriages up. So, um, at the end of the book too, we also have an intentional, um, check-in sheet. So these couples can keep this on their refrigerator, mm-hmm. you know, each week, just revisit, Hey, how are we doing in these five areas? Do we need to spend more time praying together? Maybe we need to s- schedule a date night. Maybe we re- need to revisit the conversation of finances. So uh, again, it's all about intentionality, but if you don't have the tools, it's kind of hard to build something. Oh, for real. I, I get so weary of books that are very theoretical and there's no practice to it. I mean, it's, it's great having a car, but if there are no wheels hitting the ground, yes. what use is it to have an engine that sounds good? And, exactly. and you've given that. And I mean, there's some great stuff that have, have come out of the book. Like one of the things that has come up because you talked about um, praying together, you've talked about obviously having a faith community together and you brought in spirituality, which is huge. And even for those listening that may not be very spiritual, may not, may, you may not have a Christian background because I've never hidden I'm a pastor. That's everything I do comes from a biblical stance. But the reality is spiritual intimacy is one of the deepest needs of individuals. Mm-hmm. In fact, there's a great book called The Five Sex Needs of Men and Women by uh, Gary and Barbara Roseberg. It's one of my favorite books out, out there. And it talks about the number five 
sex need of a woman. And I, it's probably more accurate intimacy need, but it's spiritual intimacy. And I tell people all the time that regardless of what you feel about God, there is a deep inner part of us as human beings that we long for intimacy and connection with God himself. And when we recognize that's through Christ Jesus, but when, if you try to ignore this, this will become a huge stumbling block in your relationship. And I love the fact that you've taken the vows and you're linking them back to that spiritual intimacy. That is a huge key. And, and then on top of that, getting people just to find ways to take those extra steps, those tangible steps. And I love the simplicity of take this, put it on your fridge and, and, and just check stuff off, write stuff down, make some goals. That's yes. the practice. Those are the type of books that people will keep coming back to. And those are the type of books that I keep leaning back into because I mean, I've, I've come out of certain books and I'm like, man, there's a lot of great theories. I literally have no idea what to do with this. Mm -hmm. I feel like an intentional marriage literally does that. It's intentionally giving those next steps, those next steps. And, and um, that's, and Dave, that's why we, we named it that because we know in marriage, you have to be intentional. Nothing happens by accident. You're going to drift. Right. If you don't work and be intentional, it's easy to drift apart. Um, but when we're focusing on these things, when it's on our fridge, when we're checking in and reminding ourselves what we need to do, we do because we can get lazy. We can get comfortable in anything, in our jobs, in our marriages, and we don't want that. And so being intentional, we want to avoid that drift. We want to avoid what's going on in our culture. But what you're also going to um, learn in the book and, and what you're going to see is we're not talking from here's two people that have had this perfect marriage for 30 years. And so we're talking from this holier than now. It is transparent. Yeah. It is real. You're going to read something like, oh my gosh, he did that. Oh my she gosh, she said that. And you're going to go, but people relate to that because yes. they don't want to hear a perfect marriage. They want to hear these people have gone through it. They've made it. And it hopefully gives them hope and inspiration that they can too. Yeah. People don't connect to your perfection. They kept, they, they, they're yes. drawn to your humanity. And yes. that's what I love about the both of you. That's what's always drawn me to the, to the two of you is you guys are just the real deal. Uh, mm -hmm. It's not about fluff. It's not about, let me just pizzazz you with, with personality and my resume and this and all of my accomplishments, you guys are the real deal. And even as I begin to read this, I'm like, I love that. It's, you guys are just human beings. Mm -hmm nothing perfect about the both of you in the least bit. Um, and that makes me, as I'm reading books like that, it makes me comfortable. It makes me want to respond to your vulnerability with my own vulnerability to admit, man, there's stuff that I have to work on and stuff that I have to grow through and, and, and get through. And I think of couples, if, if we can stop worrying about who we're trying to impress with our marriage and what we're trying to show in social media and just beginning it real with God and with each other, I believe we can really get start getting more intentional about our vows and putting these things into practice. Yes, I agree, Dave. And you know, I love the saying: the problem with the most, or the problem with most of us, is that we're just like the rest of us. <laughs> that, you know, nobody has it all figured out. Nobody has it all together. Yeah, really, truly, and that's uh, that's part of finding that community that you can be vulnerable with. Mm -hmm. And oh, you too, me too. Oh, I struggle with that too. Oh. Oh my word. We're normal. We're normal. Yes. But how did you navigate through it? And yeah. how did you deal with this? And it's just all about encouraging and helping one another along in this journey of marriage and life. And, you know, that's what we're called to do. And like Jeff said, you're not going to find a, uh, 
uh, perfectly, you know, crafted couple who wrote this book. I mean, yeah, it's, it's just all in there, the, uh, the good, bad, and the ugly. And, um, you know, in some, in some of those action steps, again, there's things we learned. Uh, again, two of the biggest things that we ever learned that made the biggest difference in our marriage are the sections two and four. Mm. It was pray together. We we commit to pray daily. Yeah. And, and number four was we pursue God together through daily devotionals. Every day, we had to learn that. We didn't mm-hmm. do that. So we struggled. Our boat was rocking and waving for years. And when we put these things into practice, it was like, oh my gosh, ding, ding, ding. Why haven't we been doing this? So like, how do we share this? How do we pour out and put this in people? Because it has worked for us because we were the other way and it, mm-hmm. things weren't working. And nobody drifts in the right direction. We, you know, if you're not intentional about the direction you're going or the, you know, how you're rowing, you're not going to get to the desired destination. That's and, good. you know, in marriage, that's till death do us part. You know, we all want to make it last. And so, Again, that's why we named it the an intentional marriage because we have to be intentional mm-hmm. about going in the direction we want to go. Otherwise, there's too many distractions that are gonna, you know, divide us apart. And like we talked about earlier, vie for our attention. And we just gotta stay the course. Yeah, if you're waiting to to trip into a healthy marriage, it's just not going to happen. Not it's, going to happen. It's just not. It's just not going to happen. You don't just trip over stone and oh, look what I happened to do. I did things right. right. It's it's not right. the case. Let me let me ask you this because normally I I ask this question to couples that have been married five years or less. So if somebody, I'm just going to warn you if you're listening and you're just married and you visit K first and I find out you will get this question. So I'll prep <laughs> you. And I normally will say, what do you know now that you wish you would have known before you got married? And I ask that because it helps me to prepare marriage as well. So after 30 years of marriage, what do you know now? I don't want you both to answer this. And I'm purposely talking slower to give you time to think. What do you know right now, 30 years later, that you wish you would have known at day one? Do you want me to go or you go? You okay. <laughs> I will say in the s- simplest terms, different is not bad or different is not wrong because oh, that's good. Most, most likely you and your spouse are completely different individuals. Yeah. And those differences draw us together at the beginning mm. of our relationship. That's what attracts us. Wow. They've got something that I don't have. And I really respect that. You know, for me and Chad, I was like, I was, um, a little bit less sure of myself, less confident. And he was just a a man of strength and conviction. And I was drawn to that. And I thought, wow, this guy's so cool. And, you know, I, so we started this relationship. Was it? It still is funny. (laughs) But, you know, like, and then at some point in your relationship, these differences start to annoy you. And then they become the source of conflict. And then, you know, the longer you are married, I think you move into the next step of, you know, accepting that, okay, diff- this is just how we are. This is who he is. This is who I am. How can we use our differences to help strengthen our relationship? And then, you know, so we get to that point of then appreciating our differences and that, you know, what he does have the strength that I need at times. And we just really balance each other. We complement mm-hmm. each other rather than compete against mm-hmm. each other for control and, you yeah. know, one-upping in our relationship. So all that to say, different is not bad. It's not wrong. It's actually a good thing, a God designed thing. And if you can learn to mm-hmm. appreciate these differences, you're, you're halfway there. Absolutely. It's a reason why, 
the reason why I get mad at the dating apps commercials that come out that talk about how much compatibility you have to have. And I shake my head because if that's the case, Anne and I should not be married that long. Goodness right. gracious. Yes. We, we could be the most least compatible. And we both love Jesus. And that might be it. Oh, we love yeah. each other too, obviously. <laughs> right. But other than that, we are such opposite people. And that's why I love that. The differences, they're not bad. They're not evil. They're not sinful. They're just that. They're different. I think that's awesome. So, Chad, what's your answer? Uh, you know, that's a that's a really good question because <laughs> 30 years, I could probably say uh, many things. Um, I think so often, and, I, and I'm going to talk around circle and then get to the, the point. I think people think marriage is going to complete them. Marriage is going to mm. make happy. They, they look for their spouse. They, they assume their spouse is going to meet all their expectations, all their dreams. And that is so wrong because your spouse cannot, not they, they may not try, but they can't. Yeah. And I think there was times early on in my marriage, I, I pursued Kristen more than I pursued my relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And she became first. And then when she would fail, when things wouldn't go right, uh, what's the matter? She's yeah. not designed to. And so once I learned to truly shift in that, I have to pursue Christ first mm-hmm. on my own and grow closer to him and be more like him. When I'm more like him, I'm going to be more forgiving, more loving, more gentle, because I'm more like Jesus. And then I'm stopped pointing fingers at her and I'm realizing I'm not anywhere like Jesus at all. I, mm-hmm. I've got to change who I am. So that's what I learned so much. And I tell young people, your spouse can't complete you and all those things pursue Christ with so much passion and zeal. And then you're going to see your marriage blossom, your marriage grow because your wife's going to see the difference. Your husband's going to see the difference. Yeah. And then you also pursue them Mm. together, which is just like the icing on the cake. And so that's, that's what jumped out at me and what 30 years has taught me. (laughs) That's so good. The, the idea that came out of that great gospel movie, Jerry Maguire, years ago, was you, you, you complete me. me. That you complete me. That is the worst marriage statement ever. Ever. Because yes. when we put that pressure on a spouse, we are making a demand upon them. They were never equipped to provide. And they'll never meet it. Oh, yes. they will never. Well, be Chad, Liz, you hit the nail it. on the head. Goodness yes. gracious. Yeah, you will live in a constant state of disappointment. You will never experience a fulfilling, satisfying marriage if you are are expecting your spouse to complete you. No no true statement right there. We find our completion in Christ. And if we can Mm -hmm. do that, we can actually take a breath and stop putting so much pressure on our spouse or our fiance, so on and so forth. That is so good. This, this whole conversation has been so enriching to me. Um, And I'm just, I'm stoked for this podcast to, to, to be heard by people. Um, How can people find your book? If people want to buy the book, they're listening right now, whether it's on Spotify or Apple, or even watching it on Facebook live, how can they buy your book? What's the best place? Just go to Amazon. It's called An Intentional Marriage, Making Your Wedding Day Vows an Everyday Reality. And it's just, just click buy now and it'll show up at your house. Fantastic. This is what it looks like. Um, check out the book. I'll try to get up to the camera a little bit better. There we go. Um, check it out. Um, if you have questions, you can contact, uh, honestly, contact me. I can see you toward them. Or you can go to, I believe your website is Kalamazoo Marriage Resource.com. Correct. Um, Facebook, Instagram. 
Facebook, yes. Instagram, um, hit them up, um, join some of their date nights. They do, um, they do sessions where they help build in uh, marriages and give tools. Um, just check out their Instagram. They will give you all of their specs, their dates, and everything that you need to help enrich your marriage. If you live in the Kalamazoo area, please, please, please don't just follow them on social media. Get connected to what they are doing. And also, as you're watching their their Instagram and such, you'll also see where they're speaking, if there are retreats and other things that they're involved with. You're going to want to hear them and just let God just kind of pour into your life through their lives. So, Chad and Kristen, thank you so much for putting up with me today. Thanks for joining with me. This is so exciting. I can't wait for people to hear this. Thank you so much, Dave. It's been great. Thanks, Dave. And we, no look, forward to, uh, we look forward to doing a marriage retreat with your church, too. Absolutely. Love y'all. Thank you so much. Okay, love you, too. All right. Bye-bye.